Welcome to the Leverage to Scale show. I'm Amber Vilhauer, founder and CEO of LeverageToScale.com, brought to you by NGNG Enterprises, standing for No Guts, No Glory. We work with purpose-driven business owners to develop their online platform and scale their influence. We believe that you have the opportunity to positively change the world one relationship at a time. Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go. Welcome Leverage to Scale listeners. I'm your host for the episode. I'm Dan and joining me today is the founder of Cutter Consulting, Jason Cutter. Jason, welcome to the show first of all. Thanks Dan. Super excited to uh, chat with a professional like yourself. Ah, professional, man. I got you fooled. Uh, so speaking of fooling people, speaking of fooling people, you are, no, I don't want to do that to sales. You're a sales guy. I'm not going to bad mouth sales. I'm, I'm a marketing guy, but I love sales. Um, no, let's do it. Well, no, let's do it. Let's go at it. No, but, but you, but truly though, you are, I mean, you're like, as I'm looking you up on, on LinkedIn and stuff, you're like the sales guy for sales guys. You've got the, the, the sales experience podcast. You're an author, uh, authentic persuasion, selling with authentic pers- persuasion. Like you, like, You've got some chops here on how to sell, but let's, before we get into all of that, I want to, I want to know a little bit more about you real quick. Uh, who's Jason Cutter and who do you serve with your business? So the only correction I would say is I am the sales person and the sales trainer for non sales people. Oh, okay. Um, sales people, pure sales people. They don't like me because I don't believe in all the tactics and tricks. Um, it's <laughs> for the other audience. It's for the ones who want to be successful, but they're not. That's who I speak to. And that leverages or uh, segues right into kind of what you're asking about me and my background. Um, The reason why I think I'm so effective at that is because I grew up in not a sales environment. Uh, It was actually an anti-sales household. So I grew up in the Bay Area in California. My mom, before she retired, was in banking, finance, and management. My dad was an engineer and then uh, project manager on up and moved his way up. Um, Two analytical parents. My mom, as a banker, saw fraud all the time and uh, attributed a lot of that to salespeople who manipulated and lied. And so I grew up in a very anti-sales household, very non-entrepreneurial, very stable um, and uh, such that, you know, my bachelor's degree is in marine biology. I spent years tagging sharks, uh, worked at Microsoft for a couple of years. Go ahead. Tagging, go ahead. Shark, tagging <laughs> sharks. So that's awesome. So why in the world are you in an office instead of out on the ocean? Anyway, uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, I, I uh, spent a couple of years, uh, you know, I got my degree at uh, UC Santa Cruz, was tagging sharks. The only job that was available was $8 an hour scrubbing boats after fishing game back, came back for their projects. And they literally gave it to a master's student. I wasn't qualified with a bachelor's degree and two years of tagging sharks to scrub boats. Um, for eight and bucks an hour. I, for eight bucks an hour. I was willing to live area. in my Volkswagen, classically, uh, you know, classic in a van down by the river if I had to. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't get it. And uh, I was burnt out from school. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go to grad school. Like, I just didn't know. I was, you know, with a degree, but lost. Um, Ended up moving to Seattle, did tech support at Microsoft for a couple of years uh, until that ended. And they moved all the jobs overseas. And then I got my first sales job uh, at 27 doing mortgages. Oh, mortgages. Hey, I was in that uh, arena for a while in the marketing side of things. Uh, which again is probably why I battle sales because sales more mortgage salespeople are sometimes a little, anyway, your mom, your mom's yeah. not wrong. Uh, 
but no, but there are some great salespeople out there though too. So that's fun. Um, so in all seriousness, no, like, so, so you come from a non-entrepreneurial family, you were a marine biologist tagging sharks, you're doing this, this thing in, in sales from my, well, um, support for Microsoft and then sales now in this other role. You sound very corporate friendly. Why start a business? Um, you know, corporate friendly ish, but I spent all my time in smaller companies um, and generally in a role that involved sales, marketing, and operations. Like when I went from mortgages to helping people in foreclosure, and then I worked at a startup, you know, less 1099 in actual employee mode at a startup. Um, uh, I started out in operations and then became in charge of all of it, sales, uh, marketing, and ops. And I had that title officially or unofficially for a long time in many different organizations mm. because for me, it's one customer. I mean, that's why you and I get along well in the times we've talked, but I also know those struggles between sales and marketing, but I see it from different. I see it like one customer starts the conversation in marketing, sales picks it up, operations, fulfillment, customer service continues that conversation well into the future. Yeah. Um, and so I've generally had you know, everybody underneath me at some level. And then, you know, doing the stuff that I enjoy the most, which is fixing and improving and helping teams succeed and scaling and growing. Um, then I want to take that on my own and use those skills in organizations to help them get to a certain point and then move on and help another one. All right. That's awesome. So, so it sounds very uh, tactical. Sounds like it makes sense. Um, but there's got to be something behind it too. Uh, you know, Simon Sinek talks about our why, right? What, what motivates you, gets you out of bed? What's your why? What's your responsibility as an entrepreneur? So for me, I learned that I am really driven by two words, transformation and impact. Um, those are the two big ones that drive me and everything that I, sh I, I strive for and do, whether it's individual sales reps coaching, you know, which is, you know, very much transformation and helping them get from here to there to the work I do as a consultant with companies and helping them transform and impacting their whole team and realizing that if I can do those things, I can leverage myself way more than if I had stayed in sales. Being a salesperson and helping consumers one-to-one, -one, if I can help companies do it, then I'm helping just an exponentially larger amount of consumers have a better experience and companies be successful. And transforming their lives and having an impact on those. I like that transform and impact. Are, those are powerful words. Yeah. And when you frame everything else by those, like that really helps. And it sounds like, you know, you're doing that and it sounds like things are going really well, but there has to be times when it's not right. And times when that why really helps you get through it. Have you had hard moments as an entrepreneur, those <laughs> rock bottom moments yet? Um, well, one of the things I've learned about myself is one of the signs for me is the Phoenix, which is all about death and rebirth, which has been the story of uh, most of my adult life. Um, and even my consultating journey, I started out, um, I hadn't planned on diving into being a consultant and starting up at that moment at the end of 2018. Um, but then I just did, uh, life did what it did. And I, I just decided, okay, this is the moment I'm going to take this opportunity. And I broke the two rules that you should do as a new entrepreneur, a new business owner, and a new consultant. One is have 
a whole bunch of money laying around to cover all your expenses so you don't have to stress and two, have a whole bunch of people who are willing to hire you so you don't even have to worry about the money so you can hit the ground running. I had neither in either bucket. Um, and it went, I went six months uh, before I made a single dollar from consulting. Uh, the first six months was all faith, all driven, all just like this is where I've got to go inside. I started my podcast without a single client. I was just like, I've got to do this. I was working on my book. I mean, just everything from a place of just being driven and knowing this is what I wanted to do. And then the faith uh, that, you know, at some point it would come together. Yeah. Well, as those, I mean, gosh, starting a business, no clients, start a podcast, no listeners. You have a book that you're working on, all of that going on, plus like life in general, probably. Yeah. Um, what's one of the biggest challenges with all of that that you had to face down? I mean, one of the biggest things is trying to shut it off uh, at the end of the day or on the weekend. I mean, my brain is constantly going and, you know, 10 o'clock at night thinking, okay, I should be doing this, which, you know, should is not a good word, right? Don't should all over yourself. Uh, <laughs> and then the other thing is, is like, I could be doing this and I, 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 you know, I need to do this and all this like pressure where it's just, you know, 24 seven when it's just you. It's, it's just you on the field and that's it, right? Like it's either going to win or not and it's all on you. Yeah. And, and, and what do you do then to face that challenge down? Like how do you balance that, find the harmony, turn your brain off? Like how do you face that challenge? Uh, sometimes unsuccessfully. So sometimes, uh, not very well, like just honestly, like just, uh, you know, thinking about it and can tell that my brain is somewhere else. Um, and then really it's about prioritizing and understanding, you know, you can only do so much in a day, uh, in a year, uh, even in a lifetime. And it's like, okay, well, I just take it one step at a time and, uh, you know, play both the short and the long game, you know, sprint when you can, but then also know, like when you look back, and this is one of the things I did after about a year and a half, you know, I'm always big on vision boards and creating a vision board. And then what I did at about a year and a half in is I said, but where have I come from? Because a lot of times I'm going, you know, a thousand miles an hour forward and I forget how far I've come and what, you know, where, where I started and where I'm now. Right. And so I actually created a, a backwards looking remembering board of all these things where, you know, here's what I've done so far. And then that keeps me motivated. And I just remember, okay, just, I, I forget that I did all these things and I feel this pressure. And then I look back and go, oh yeah, I've done so much stuff. That man, that has to be powerful. Like what a, what a great teachable moment to be able to vision board, look forward, but then to have that self-reflection, that time that, and celebrate those wins to say, look how far I've come. How powerful has that been for you? It, it's really good, especially in the moments. I mean, for anyone else there who's consulting, solo entrepreneur, even small business, where you know it's two steps forward, one step back. If you, mm -hmm. if it's a good day, some yeah. days it's you know no steps forward and three steps back. Um, and it's just life, right? That's just the ups and downs of business and life and relationships and just everything. And so on those days where it's like, man, I just feel like I'm losing in that day, right? In that period of the game then go, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not like, I'm, I, I may be like one step back, but I'm so far up the mountain from where I started that uh, I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, inspirational. Thanks for sharing that, that nugget of, of wisdom and insight. Um, as you look back on that, maybe this came up over the last year, if there's one thing that you could redo, what would that be? You know, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I don't know. And, and it's a tough one because 
it's one of those, like, if you could go back in time to your younger self, what would you tell yourself? Like, right, right. I appreciate everything for what it is and I wouldn't change it because then it would change my experience. And I don't know if it was right or wrong. Like part of me could say, if I went back and did it again, I would have been more strategic with my podcast and structured it a certain way and built relationships and tried to monetize it differently. And I would have like done the businessy side of podcast different. Yeah, But who knows where that would have led to? Maybe not the same relationships. Maybe it wouldn't have been effective. If it wasn't authentic for me, maybe that wouldn't have been right. Um, so that's, that's honestly, it's, I don't know what I, I you know, uh, I don't know what I would change. And again, and again, I think, uh, so I, I go back to this because it feels like the same thing. Self-analysis, self-reflection, self-awareness. You are where you are, how far you've come because of where it's gone. And, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. I like that, Jason. Thanks for that. Um, I mean, I'd like to say that I would have finished my book faster than I did, but mm -hmm. the journey to finish it was up and down and throwing it away and then rewriting it and throwing it aside and then picking it up six months later. And that made it the version it is now. So, yeah. you know, you, you can't, you, you, it's tough to mess with or want to change the process of life. Keep that space time continuum intact. Yeah, that um, too. Because <laughs> that's what happened in 2020. Somebody messed it up. Anyway, Somebody uh, did, so, yeah. so, so, so I, I want to dive into this, this idea here. Um, the thought leadership, right? We, we, we talk about thought leadership. It's a big buzzword in LinkedIn and, and this kind of stuff. And, and especially, I think, in the sales side of it. So entrepreneurs have to be salespeople. They've got to be everything, it seems like, but definitely salespeople. They're selling their ideas to investors, new, new um, clients, whatever it is. And to be that, that forward thinker, you've got to be that thought leader. But in today's super just saturated world of media and thoughts and everything else, how do you develop thought leadership that helps you grow your business, your brand, your reach? I think one of the biggest things, and this is what I've learned over my journey, is the power of really niching down and mm -hmm. knowing who your audience is. And that's another buzzword and know your audience and know your avatar and who your, your, your persona of who you're talking to and your ideal client. Um, but there's a lot of power in that because I think what's interesting, like you said, is that LinkedIn especially is very noisy. I mean, mm -hmm. it's noisy with business stuff, right? It's not pictures of people's food most of the time, although that does happen. Um, every once in a but while, you're like, wait, is this every Facebook? Once in a while, Seriously? And then they try to relate it to some kind of business lesson and, and right. whatnot. But, but um, it's, it's noisy. And so one of the biggest ways to stand out with the right group you want to talk to is with the right message that speaks exactly to them. Uh, I've, I struggled with that. I mean, I've gone back and forth in my side because everything is sales, right? That's how I finish my podcast every time is everything in life is sales, like everything. And so how do you narrow down that concept to say, okay, here's exactly what I'm going to talk about sales related, which, which niche, which industry, which, you know, demographic. Um, but you've got to, the more you can do that, um, it's so valuable. And then the other thing, and I, I heard this one a few weeks ago, and I can't remember who told me this, but the purpose of life is not to speak to everybody. The purpose of life is to speak to your group. So that's why there's 8 billion people on the planet. Everyone has their tribe, their pod, their, their group that they're the thought leader for, that they can mm -hmm. influence and change. Your key is to find your group and then help them not to try to speak to 8 billion people. It's not yeah. going to work for, for most people out there. Oh yeah. And, and, and I've like rolling around in my head, I hear you pulling from people like, um, that I look up to, you know, Christopher Lockett is an author talks about, he wrote a book niche down. Um, Mark Schaefer talks about going to the Island and being part of those tribes, the Island of your client. So 
while they're buzzwords, know your audience is so important. Um, whether it's, you know, ideal client profile, whether it's a buyer persona. So I hear you saying really get to know them. How, how do you get to know them in today's, again, very connected, but very noisy world. What do you, what do you suggest to your clients they do to get to know their audience? Um, you know, it's really a function of what are, who are they trying to serve? and be specific as possible. So whether it's a service or a product, depending on, you know, what it is that they have in their offering, who exactly are they trying to serve? Who, and, and again, this could be consumers or business, who is going to have the greatest ROI from what you're offering, right? You could be selling life insurance. Okay, who's going to have the best ROI financially and mentally from what it is you're selling? Who is that ideal person where you talk to them and they are thanking you and or begging you to help them because they need it that bad? Identify that and then start with that as the inner circle and you know radius out of, of your niche. Okay. So Jason, where you know you've, you've got your vision board, you've got your reverse board. You think about this kind of stuff, you're you're looking at the future of Cutter Consulting. Where do you see yourself in three years or five years or 10 years? Have you thought about that yet? Uh, I haven't really. And part of that obviously is uh, uh, probably a few of us had good plans or different plans coming into <laughs> this new decade. Um, and some weird gone. stuff happened. <laughs> Something, I, yeah, some stuff happened. Um, so there's part of that. Uh, I've always struggled with that long-term because life has been pretty fluid for me and where yeah. I'm going. Um, also, I'm at a crossroads right now with my business, which is where it's mostly me. Um, I have a few people that work for me, but without the big plan of scaling it into a large consulting company, uh, do I stay solo, small? Do I grow big? Um, and so it depends on where that goes. I think the biggest thing for me is it's not as much the tactical and where do I be, uh, where do I see myself being is more, you know, my mission right now is to create a million authentic persuaders. So helping a million people sales, sales related roles, see themselves differently, operate differently and really drive as much change as I can with the other people on LinkedIn that I know that are in that same focus of changing the way sales is done in a positive light um, so that uh, the consumer world sees a sales professional and they're happy to work with them instead of afraid. Right. Well, like instead of what we were joking about earlier is um, head to head with sales. Like really sales are those people who enable us to find what we want and what we need for a better life, not just the stereotypical problem child. Like, um, like when yeah. you go to the doctor, right? Like you, unless it's a bad doctor, but you know, most of the time they've gone through a process and you trust them as a professional and they're going to give you their recommendation. You're going to trust it, right? Like you go yeah. there because you have a problem and you need help. Um, there's nothing like that for sales. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love the, a million authentic persuaders. What a great, like, like vision. What a great big, hairy, audacious goal. So, uh, I think we're going to try and help you get there. Okay. Um, so to get to those million authentic persuaders, what does success in 2020, 2021 look like? Um, you know, I've got my first book, uh, launch and, uh, so it's that writing a second one. So getting one out, the first one, uh, is very not tactical, but it's very like, you know, do this, 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 and this, and think about this. The second one I want to write is more story mode. Um, so kind of telling it from a story perspective. So it's yeah. doing that training, speaking more consulting projects, 
uh, maybe scaling out the team, but really extending that reach out and finding a way to do more scalable projects instead of like just me in somebody's office for months at a time fixing that one office. How do I scale? How do I reach out to, uh, to more companies and individuals? Excellent. And so how can the leverage to scale community uh, really jump on board and help you bring that vision to fruition? Where can we find you, support you? Where can we find, uh, read this title exactly because I love this title, Selling with Authentic Persuasion, Transform from Order Taker to Quota Breaker. Man, that's awesome. So where where is all that? How can we support you? Best place and this easiest place is jasoncutter.com. It's C-U-T-T-E-R.com. I've made that a hub for everything that I have going on. So if you go to that one site, you can find the consulting page. You can find the book. You can find a free ebook that I have, an online course. You can schedule time to talk to me, find the podcast, find me on LinkedIn. So that's one spot for everything. Excellent. And yeah, very easy to find on LinkedIn, Jason. That was, that was super easy. Uh, so Jason Cutter, the CEO and founder of Cutter Consulting Group. Thank you for being a part of Leverage to Scale, my friend. Appreciate it, Dan. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with a hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win? We are going to promote you and your business to all of our social media fans totally free. Next, if you thought this was a valuable use of your time, please support the show and give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. I believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. My name is Amber Vilhauer, and I thank you so much for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the No Guts, No Glory movement.